You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to talk about our everyday superpowers, but first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Sarah? I want to share a show that the kids have been enjoying watching with Neil. It is Alone, which is a reality TV show where they drop off 10 individuals in the wilderness somewhere separate. They are alone, hence the name, and you see who can survive the longest. So they have to build their own shelters, catch their own food. This really appeals to HP in particular because he wants to live on his own in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And they do it in a different place each time. I think they've watched one that was in the Yukon in Canada, one that was on Vancouver Island. And I think the current one they're watching is in Patagonia. Hmm. It's been fun that there's something that is appealing to both young and old. I actually enjoy it the times that I've sat down as well, but I usually would prefer to be doing something else. So Mm -hmm. it has been a meal in the kids activity versus a whole family activity. But that is not because it's not enjoyable, just because it's not as enjoyable as me sitting by myself and reading a book. (laughs) (laughs) And when you say survive, do they at some point give up? Yes. It's not people are dying on the show because that's sort of what I thought. No, no. (laughs) when you first started talking about it. But then I thought, uh, surely not. (laughs) That sounds less family friendly. So they do what's called tapping out. Mm. So they can choose to tap out and then people come and take them away. And they also have medical checkups. I don't know if it's every week or every couple weeks Mm. where a medical team comes. And if it's getting to the point where you've lost too much weight or their other health considerations, then they will force you to tap out. Okay. No one has died as far as I know, on the show. (laughs) Cool. What is new with you? We recently installed a sandbox for our kids. This is part of trying to make the backyard amazing because we're not really Mm -hmm. doing camps or anything this summer. We've got a babysitter coming, and the rest of the time they will be with me and Andrew. So we want to create a child-friendly paradise, and it feels like sandbox was the missing link. Both my children are major into dirt, and we put it together and filled it with sand yesterday, and they have been in there most of their waking hours since then. So, so far, it is a hit. What kind of sandbox did you get? I actually found one that then my sister got us for a belated kid birthday present Mm -hmm. that is cedar planks that come with notches that you build into an octagon shape. Okay. And it also came with a cover. So it was minimal assembly you sort of link them together like Lincoln logs. And then there were a few screw things to screw in, like little seating things. And then you basically put it over landscape fabric Mm -hmm. so that grass and stuff doesn't grow up underneath. And then just poured the sand in. I love it. Our neighbors up the street have a really lovely sandbox that they built where the cover folds back into benches, Mm. which I just think is ingenious. And I had always thought, wouldn't that be great if we did that? But we didn't, and we're not going to. But I am so glad that you all made that happen for your family. Yes, me too. I feel like our children are at the perfect ages to really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. I read Furia by Yamil Saeed Mendez. And this is an Own Voices YA novel that is set in Rosaria, Argentina. And it features Camilla. She is playing soccer for a women's team in her area, but her family doesn't know about it, and they would not approve if they did know. She has dreams of leaving Argentina and playing soccer professionally, and sees this as her way out of her current life. 
The novel centers around her ambitions and how hard they are to achieve in the patriarchal society that she lives in. Mm. I loved learning more about Argentina and about the feminist movement there and more about the culture. I knew very little going in and appreciated hearing about it. I will give a content warning for domestic abuse. I would recommend this book for everyone. It was great YA. There was a love story, but there was a lot more going on. It didn't feel like that was the central point of the novel. Mm. And it was also really good audio. I did about half and half going from the hard copy to audio and thoroughly enjoyed both. Nice. What have you been reading? I recently finished listening to A Long Petal of the Sea by Isabel Allende. This is an epic novel that starts in the 1930s in Spain during the Spanish Civil War and follows a family, multiple family members of different generations as they immigrate to Chile and live there and in Venezuela and sort of all the historical, political, cultural things that happen that intersect with their lives. I love an epic novel like this that educates me about history that I did not know Mm -hmm. and cultural things that I did not know. I quite shamefully knew almost nothing about the Spanish Civil War and about Chilean history, and I am so thankful to know more. It's not all good what you're learning. For instance, there's a lot in this book about how terrible the United States is when we have done all this interfering that we have done in other countries' business and made things much worse by our presence have done and continue to do. Accurate. I do think it's really good to be aware of that. And I love Mm -hmm. becoming aware of it in the context of a beautiful story, which this was. Mm -hmm. About the book itself, I love the characters, their relationships. I really love how fast it moved. You know, sometimes those epics can feel like they drag. Yes. But this didn't for some reason. I think part of it was because I listened to it rather than read it. And so someone was carrying me along in a really beautiful and interesting way. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's something about the pacing of how she wrote it that was awesome. And I talked about this with my book club and one of my book club friends figured out that she wrote it in Spanish first and then translated it into English herself. Mm. I just find this idea of creating something a piece of art in one language and then bringing the art in translation into another language. Yes. Really fascinating because it's a beautiful book. And as you can tell, I would absolutely recommend it. Sounds great. Let's move on to our topic for today, everyday superpowers. Today, we're going to go back and forth and talk about the things we're awesome at that may not qualify as actual superpowers, but definitely make our lives easier. (laughs) Sarah, what's your first one? Not feeling stressed about most things. I feel like I'm pretty even keel in terms of stress levels. I'm generally not a worrier and have a it'll work out attitude toward nearly everything. Nice. My first one is loading the dishwasher. Hmm. This is not technically my job in our family. I would say Andrew is much more concerned about if the dishes are done. Mm -hmm. But... If we need to fit some dishes in the dishwasher, I am the person to handle that. I'm amazing (laughs) at putting them all in. They will get clean. All of them will have the correct water flowing around them. It'll be great. Love it. My next one is taking kids on errands and handling all of the logistics that come with that. Mm. I think that this was especially true when they were younger and Neil would be working on a house project and we needed to do something like go get a giant load of groceries. Be like, oh. (laughs) No problem. I'll just bring the kids with me. 
And I did. It was amazing. Love it. My next one is finding bad smells, the source of bad smells, (laughs) and getting them out of the house. Some of this Uh is because I have a super nose, so I can smell a lot of things that other people can't necessarily smell. Uh I also feel like I'm really good at hunting things out, detecting them, Hmm. and figuring it out. I will give a for instance. Okay. Last year, I thought a light fixture in our shower was having some kind of loose wiring or something because there was like a burned plasticky smell. Mm -hmm. But then when I got in there, I located the smell. It was coming from an old swim diaper that had not been peed in, (laughs) but it had like a plasticky lining Uh that was deteriorating. And as it was deteriorating, it was making a smell. We threw it away. No need to call an electrician. Abby saves the day. (laughs) (laughs) That superpower of yours makes me think about one of my superpowers is ignoring things. Because that would be my approach to that and not letting things bother me like disgusting smells in my house. (laughs) Maybe that makes me sound terrible. Not sure. But I would not have taken the proactive approach that you did and had that success. (laughs) (laughs) I am very good at things related to sleep. I can sleep through almost anything. Mm. My kids still wake up in the night, not all the time, but not completely infrequently. Mm -hmm. never hear it. And same with thunderstorms, sleep right through those. And along with this, I'm very good at taking naps. Mm. I can fall asleep when I want to take a nap. I feel so refreshed when I'm done taking a nap. I can still fall asleep that night after taking a nap. Just great at sleeping. Impressive. My next one is remembering where my kids' stuff is. Mm. I remember where the shoes are. I remember which door they're by. I remember where the water bottles are. I remember where the hats are. Mm -hmm. As we will talk about a little later, this does not extend to all things. But when it comes to my kids' stuff, I'm awesome. Love it. I am great at finding amazing books, both for myself and Neil and the kids. Mm, This is such a good one. Especially this last year, I have been the library person since I go to the library for work. So I would choose all of the books for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I would accept requests, of course, but no one else was really putting in a lot of research. Mm -hmm. And I take great pride in all of the wonderful reads I have found for our family over the last year. Absolutely. My next one is finding a deal slash the perfect thing. We talked about this when we talked about spending versus saving, but I just really like to do the internet research. I really like to check all the secondhand websites. I really like to read all the reviews to figure out whether the thing is going to work to solve the problem that I'm having. And I'm good at it. I like having a friend who has a superpower. (laughs) I have a question for you about the superpower that Mm -hmm. maybe we should have delved into in the last episode, but Mm. I didn't. So I'm asking it now. Let's go. I think the reason I get hung up is because when I start reading reviews of things, there's always both positive and negative. Mm -hmm. And then it really makes me second guess and feel like, oh, well, some people had this bad experience, even if most people were having a positive experience. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel really indecisive, which makes me not want to read reviews and just buy something. (laughs) And that doesn't work out well either. (laughs) So how do you balance reading the negative reviews and still being confident that it's the right thing moving forward? Because the internet is so big. Everyone has an opinion about all the things. So when I'm reading reviews, 
I feel like I can tell if someone is complaining for real and like raising a valid point mm-hmm. versus someone who has just made a terrible choice and bought something that they didn't need for that purpose mm-hmm. and is trying to use a thing to do a thing that it's not supposed to do. So, of course, you hate it because you want to brush your teeth, but you bought a hairbrush or, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Or people who don't know how to use the thing. I feel like that comes through in some reviews. Like, I don't think you're doing that right. Correct. (laughs) This is clearly user error. (laughs) So that's a piece of it. But then, you know, if someone is complaining that they wanted to brush their teeth, but they bought a hairbrush, I'm like, that's on you, buddy. Mm -hmm. I want a hairbrush. And so I believe the 500 positive reviews, not the 10 negative ones, which are people who didn't know what they were doing. All right. What's your next superpower, Sarah? I'm very good at keeping dates in my head. Mm. Whenever Neil and I are discussing things, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a week from whatever on the 10th and X, Y, and Z is happening. And I, in my head, imagine all of our schedule. I imagine when vacations are. I'm imagining the school schedule. I can picture all of that. And he cannot. We have to be in front of his Google calendar to make plans for things Mm. where I feel like I can see those dates out and not be reliant on an external source. Hmm. I have a similar thing, my next one, Mm -hmm. but it's about people. So I don't have dates in my head like that, Mm -hmm. but I have people's faces and details about them and often their names as well, Mm -hmm. where if we have only met a couple times or I've only seen them in a local Facebook group and then I meet them in person, Mm -hmm. I can tell them a lot of things that I know about themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not creepy at all, y'all. It's totally great for making friends when I know everything about people and remember it all. (laughs) So I do keep this one under wraps as sort of a secret superpower. Yeah. But if we have interacted online or once in person and we meet again, I remember a lot about you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I think this used to be a superpower of mine, and it has gotten worse over time. Mm. I feel like I used to always be the one who recognized somebody like, oh, yeah, we met three months ago at the park, X, Y, Z, and they blank face, had no idea. Lately, I feel like I am the blank face person. (laughs) Maybe just in the last couple years, it's been since we moved to Bloomington, I feel like this power has decreased of mine, and I'm not sure why. Hmm. Along the same lines around meeting people and making friends. I think I am very good at making friends in a new place. Mm. I think moving so much throughout my 20s meant that I had many opportunities to practice putting myself out there, meeting new people, figuring out if I was going to have a connection with someone and then following up and pursuing that so that I could build a community wherever I was. Mm. And hopefully this isn't a superpower that has diminished, but I do feel I've gotten less practice being in Bloomington for longer than I've been any other place. Mm -hmm. So I have to contemplate how to keep those skills fresh. Yeah, you're having less of a chance to exercise this superpower. But I'm still reaping the benefits of its earlier use. Mm -hmm. And still inspiring me. When I think about making friends in a new place, I think about you a lot and about how good you are at this. Thanks, friend. My next one is how good I am at relating to my cats. My three cats love me. (laughs) I love them. They follow me around. Andrew says that I'm the Pied Piper of cats. (laughs) I love this so much. If you are wondering where the cats are, find Abby and there the cats will be. (laughs) I wonder how this will be when you're going back to school and away from the house Mm -hmm. more because you're here all the time now. Yes. I think some of it is that I am just the proximity 
person, mm-hmm. but I also think they can sense how very, very much I love them. And that's one reason that they follow me around. <laughs> <laughs> They're smart kitties. Yep. My last one is being great at self-care and taking time for myself with zero guilt. Mm. When people talk about mom guilt for doing things for yourself (laughs) or taking time to read or using nap time to read books and spend time alone as opposed to cleaning the house, I was like, well, of course, of course I'm going to do that. (laughs) Why would I ever feel bad about that? And I think that has served me well. Yes. My last one is similar to that, is that people talk a lot about shame, especially Brene Brown Mm -hmm. and people who are into Brene Brown. Shame is just not really an emotion that I feel. Even when I am at my worst and, you know, being a real asshole to my kids, which is if I'm going to feel shame, like I think that would be the time. Right. And I sort of logically can see that that is shameful behavior, but I just don't ever beat myself up about it. I just love myself and realize that I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. Being really good at Mm self-compassion is what that sounds like. Yes. Now we're going to switch gears. And instead of talking about our superpowers, we're going to share some foils, things that are our downfall on the regular that for whatever reason are just not easy for us. I would like to start by saying that Neil and I were discussing this earlier this morning to compare and contrast lists about my superpowers and my foils. Uh And he had many in this category. And the ones that he had in the other one, he's like, I'm not sure if this is a compliment or not. I was like, well, I don't know if that's a superpower then, Neil. (laughs) But he did remind me of many things that would fall into this category here. Mm. The first that he brought up was how not observant I am. Mm. It's very true. I will be going down a street and it's like, oh, is that new? He's like, no, that's been there the whole time we've been here. Things related to buildings or (laughs) signs or just almost anything. And this is also related to things going on around me. I'm not good at hearing things, Mm. which I think is why I sleep so well. Mm. But the kids might be having a fight in the backyard and he'll hear it from inside. And I'm just doing what I'm doing and paying no attention. So I'm not sure how much of that is my actual hearing. I do think there is a component. I think Neil is much better at hearing than me. And I'm a little concerned about my hearing having disintegrated in my 30s Mm. already. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is being able to block things out. Mm -hmm. Maybe that could be considered a superpower. I was going to say that sounds like a superpower to me. (laughs) But it leads to being really not observant of things around me. Hmm. Having children has helped me with this because children are so observant of things that I would not notice. Otherwise, I think I just get very focused. And by focused, I mean in my head. (laughs) Focused on your own inner life. Yes, exactly. I have a rich inner life. (laughs) (laughs) My first one is losing my own stuff. I said I always know where the kids' stuff is. I never know where my stuff is. I never know where my (laughs) phone is. I never know where my headphones are. I finally made myself a basket that I'm supposed to put the stuff back in. It still gets lost. Uh I still have no idea where the stuff is. To be fair, that did help with things like keys that I don't ever need in other parts of the house. Mm -hmm. But still, my phone, headphones, my blue light glasses, who the heck knows where they are? Not me. Yes. I am with you. This is also on my list. Constantly losing my keys, my phone, my headphones. Always. I'm getting ready to leave the house. Where's this? I'm missing this. Do you Have you seen this? Neil just shakes his head. Mm-hmm. I do have a spot for my keys, and that is really helpful. Sometimes they don't make it there, but usually they're still just in my bag when that's the case. But otherwise, really 
really struggle in this arena. Mm-hmm. My next one is sleep. Sleep is your superpower. Sleep is my foil. I'm not a good sleeper. I'm bad at napping. I'm bad at falling asleep at night. I'm bad at heading to bed to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm bad at stopping thinking thoughts. I'm bad at maintaining my sleep. I'll often wake up early and just be up for the day. I'm just bad at it. Not fun. One of mine is being grumpy and irritable when I am tired and or hungry. I think this is true for a lot of people, but I feel like it becomes true more quickly for me than other people. Hmm. Neil, for example, could have a bad night's sleep and he's tired, but the whole world doesn't feel like it's out to get him Mm. the same way it does for me when I'm tired Mm -hmm. and same when I'm hungry. I think I'm much more self-aware about that now where it's like, oh, probably everyone and everything in the world isn't irritating. It's probably about me. (laughs) And I think that was harder for me to understand when I was a teenager and young adult than it is now, but still hasn't gotten better. I still just really do not like living my life when I am tired and hungry. And it's a good thing that I'm good at sleep and also keep a lot of food around my house because (laughs) it happens less than it would otherwise. Yeah. My next one is how terrible I am at folding laundry in any kind of timely fashion. Mm. I can fold the laundry, Mm -hmm. but I wait until there are three giant IKEA bags of clean laundry and then dump it out in a giant pile. And then the pile sits for a while and then I fold it. And then I put the laundry in the bags again, and then I don't put it away. I'm just bad at doing that fast. Yeah. It's a lot of me and my children getting clean underwear from the dryer or the bags. Yes. For days and days. Then there's less to put away. (laughs) It's true. My last one is keeping our house tidy. (laughs) I'm really bad at it. Really wish I was good at this. I really love when I have a tidy house. Feels great. I was very inspired at the beginning of this year. I was listening to some organizational podcasts and it talked Mm -hmm. about the stories we tell ourselves and that I started telling myself, I am a tidy and organized person Mm. and then would try and make that come true. I have not been telling myself that recently (laughs) and it has not been true. (laughs) So I need to continue to do work in that area because it's so much nicer when things are tidy and put away and it's easier to stay on top of when you're doing it regularly Mm -hmm. because once it is in that slide portion, I feel less inspired to do anything about it. But then it also does bring a drag on my day and mood to be tripping over things in our living room and entryway and not Mm -hmm. being able to find what we want and just not feeling like I can truly enjoy being in our house. Yeah. Over the years, I think I've gone back and forth between trying to care less about having a tidy house. Mm. Like maybe it's not that important. Maybe I just need to be okay with the fact that things are a mess and then trying to stay on top of it. Mm. This is obviously a whole family issue. And I think because Neil and I are not very good about keeping things tidy, then the kids also aren't. Mm -hmm. When we're not putting all of our stuff away, we are less on them about make sure all your stuff is put away. Yeah. And when you're not modeling it. Exactly. So I feel like this is going to become a generational (laughs) issue as well. But it is what it is. I do have plans to tidy when we are done with the podcast. Wish me luck. Godspeed. My last one is starting projects and not finishing them. Mm. It is so exciting to me to be in the research and planning phase of a project, Mm -hmm. to buy all the things for a project, 
but finishing the project to completion, especially that last 10% that's like the fiddly, annoying details of something. Mm -hmm. For instance, when I painted our half bath when we lived in our townhouse in Nashville, I painted the walls. It looked great. And I had gotten some of the peach colored paint on the white ceiling. Yes. I was like, oh, I'll go back and paint over it. I did not do it. My mom did it right before we put our house on the market. (laughs) Uh Terrible at finishing projects. Well, that's the end of our talk for today about our everyday superpowers and foils. Listeners, we would love to hear how these things or your personal superpowers and foils show up in your life. Let's talk now about what we've been eating. I went to share about some takeout pizza. We have tried a lot of takeout pizza this year. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have finally found the place. Okay. Some that we tried, the crust was too thin. Some it was too thick and chewy. Some the crust was fine, but everything else was bland. But I think we have hit the perfect thing. Our favorite pizza is pepperoni with pesto and roasted garlic cloves. So whole roasted garlic cloves. Mm. So good. So flavorful. The kids love it. It is interesting enough that Andrew and I are also into it. And we can get one 16-inch pizza, which is a pretty big pizza, but it will feed all four of us, which is not nothing. And it's good because it's kind of pricey, but I think we're going to stick with it until we get hungrier. I have never considered having pepperoni with pesto. It sounds good now that you're saying it. It's just not something I would have ordered with pesto. I always think of pesto as being more veggie-based or seeing it with chicken, but I much prefer pepperoni as the meat of choice on pizza. Yeah. And this pizza has a red sauce, so it's not a pesto sauce. They drizzle the pesto over the top. Interesting. And I like getting the green in there Mm because we're not always great about eating green things. (laughs) So it's nice. To have a little green on the pizza. Sounds delicious. What have you been eating, friend? We had salmon bowls. This was another recipe from the Dinner Illustrated cookbook that I talked about last time. We cooked the salmon in the Instant Pot, which I've talked about before. So easy. I feel like it makes it so the salmon doesn't get overdone or dried out. Mm. That Having the water that's cooking in the Instant Pot just makes it just right. I need to revisit that. And then... In the bowls, I had chopped up cucumbers, avocados, green onions, and then there was a miso sauce. Mm. It was miso, rice vinegar, sugar. Can't remember. There were probably a couple other things mixed in there, but it was a nice, bright tasting sauce to go with it. And then having the avocado and the salmon made it feel really hearty. Yum. And then also putting crushed up nori, the dried seaweed, on top to have that flavor mixed in. Mm. And then rice. The kids just ate everything separate. HP has been very into eating fish after watching the people on Alone catch fish and survive. Mm -hmm. He is very into every part of the fish. Great. All of it. All of the fat, all of the scales, the skin. He is so into having fish. And (laughs) we enjoy it as well. So it's a win. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or you can email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly.
This is a terrible wrap up. Let's try again. <laughs> Yep. Hold on. Need the author's name. Didn't ah. Yes. Didn't write that down. Book concierge seems like it should be like a job. I think it is when you're a librarian. So. Oh, yes. We call those librarians. <laughs> Great job, me. <laughs>